These past few weeks, we've been looking at Christian transformation, understanding transformation and how that happens in our lives. Some have spoken about transformation or religion in terms of four major movements or stages, if you will. Those stages are cleaning up, growing up, waking up, and showing up. And today, we're looking at the final of those stages or phases or movements, showing up and what it means to show up. For those of you who are able, if you would please stand, the gospel reading is Mark chapter 10, verses 41 to 45. The Acts reading earlier was also a passage that invites us to show up, and I'll share more about that in a moment. But the gospel reading is from Mark 10, verses 41 to 45, a showing up passage. What's happening here is James and John have approached Jesus, and they say, Master, we we want you to do something for us. And Jesus says to them, what is it you want me to do? And they say, as you may remember this story, they say, when you come into your glory, we want to sit on your right and your left. They're wanting the places of honor, the seats of honor with Jesus. The other disciples, the other ten, hear about this, and this is the passage that I'm going to share with you, Mark 10, 41 to 45. Listen now for the word of the Lord. When the ten, the ten disciples, heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, You know that those who are regarded as rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their high officials exercise authority over them. Not so with you. Instead, whoever wants to become great among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first must be slave of all. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. This is the word of God for the people of God, and thanks be to God. Cleaning up, growing up, waking up, showing up, transformation. A quick review, cleaning up is where you start. Cleaning up is learning the basics. Cleaning up is prayer and reading the Bible. It's why some of us may have learned the Apostles' Creed or the Lord's Prayer or the Ten Commandments. It's why Lee teaches the children on Wednesday night songs that help them understand the names of the disciples and the books of the Bible. It's where you begin. It's building a foundation. It's why there are purity codes in most world religions at the beginning. Why? Because when you're starting out in this transformed life in Christ, you want to know what are the essentials What are the right things that I need to believe in order to progress? Whether that's in the Acts of of the Apostles where it talks about meat being sacrificed to idols, not doing that, or drinking blood, or if meat has been strangled, the animal has been strangled, staying away from those things. The essentials may change when we're cleaning up. My great-grandmother's was, as some of you know, no drinking, dipping, smoking, cussing, playing cards or games with dice. Those were the six things. This is cleaning up. It's the first movement of transformation. It's a good place to start. It's not a good place to stay. 
So transformation moves from cleaning up to growing up, and growing up is moving beyond those externals. It's moving beyond just the rules, following the right do's and don'ts of the faith. Some people stay away from Christianity because they think it's just about following a bunch of rules, and that's not what it is. When we're growing up in the faith, we know that it's not just about the right beliefs, but it's about the right living that we're doing. And we do this through the gift of the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit's primary gift is the gift of love. And the primary fruit of the Spirit, as we're growing up in the faith, the primary fruit, the first fruit of the Spirit, the fruit that shows that you're on the right track in transforming your life is also love. It's what Thomas Merton refers to as moving beyond your own personal salvation project where you're just viewing religion or Christianity as me and Jesus. It's moving to connecting with the community of faith beyond something bigger than yourself. This is growing up. Transformation is cleaning up and growing up. It's also waking up. We shared last week there are two primary ways that any of us, most of us, if we do wake up, we wake up in the midst of great love or great suffering. These are the primary ways that we, make, that we wake up. It's overcoming that separation that we might feel from God or from one another or even from ourselves. Friends, if we have never loved deeply, if we have never hurt deeply, then there's a good chance we have never woken up. It's that sign of the prophet Jonah that Jesus spoke about. Jesus says, I give you the sign of Jonah. And what he means by that is that sooner or later, you and I, if we live long enough, we will find ourselves in that place where we can't fix it, we can't control it, we can't explain it, and we can't understand it. And yet that is the very place that we wake up. And we wake up to the fact that we can trust. We can trust in a God who sustains us, we can trust in the mercy of God that lifts us up even in those places that we don't understand. It's the crucible of living life where over and over again, not just once, we are dying and rising, dying and rising, and we can trust the fact that on the other side of any dying that we experience in our lives, God is there. And it's a God who will get us through and we wake up and we can trust that. And so today we move from cleaning up and growing up and waking up to this final movement of transformation, showing up. What does showing up mean? We've got someone who's going to be joining our church. Angie is going to be joining the church a little bit later in the service. And I want, you want for Angie what we want for everyone. We want her to feel like this church is her church, that it's meeting her needs, that we're in ministry with her, that her spiritual needs are being met. And there's nothing wrong with that. All of us go to any church that we finally unite with. It's because we fit there. It's because we know that we're accepted and we know that we have a place and we belong. And there's nothing wrong with that. We want that for Angie. We want that for ourselves. But showing up, transforming to where we show up is making a shift at some point in our lives where we shift, 
we shift from what am I going to get out of this for myself to how is it? How is it that that I can make a difference? How is it that God is leading me? How is it that my gifts can be used in a way that God can make a difference through my life? Dr. Jim Fowler, God rest his soul, he was an amazing man. He wrote the book Stages of Faith and Becoming Adult, Becoming Christian, and Dr. Fowler was a brilliant man, and he talked about this transformation from self-groundedness, and what he meant by that is where it's not just about yourself, even the things that we revere that is a personally, personal benefit to us of the faith, from moving from self-groundedness to a vocation. He talked about a spirituality of vocation. And you know, you know that it's not just, vocation doesn't just apply to pastors and music directors and organists and people. God has given us a calling in our lives that we can use whatever it is that God has gifted us with to make a difference. So this showing up is shifting. It's, you know, that, uh, that sermon didn't do much for me. That anthem... That anthem didn't do, you know, it didn't do much for me. That hymn, I don't know why we're singing that hymn. That hymn just didn't do anything for me. Do you hear the focus? Do you hear the emphasis? There's no polite way to say this. I hate to break it to you, but, but none of those things, none of those things is primarily for you. Lee doesn't direct for you. Julie doesn't play for you. And forgive me, but I don't, I don't preach for you. The definition of a good sermon for me is I have listened and I have studied and I have prayed and by the grace of God, I had the courage to say what God wanted me to say and to not chicken out. That's a reminder. You know, on Music Sundays, we've got a Music Sunday coming up this next month. And some of you know the last thing Lee says to the choir, what is the last thing she tells you before you go sing? <laughs> well, it, it might vary. Uh, depending on how well behaved they are in rehearsal. But usually the last thing she says to them, because I've been in the room, is don't forget who you're singing for. And guess what? It's not me or you. Soren Kierkegaard, Kierkegaard, that great theologian and radical mind so far ahead of his time, Soren Kierkegaard said there is one audience for worship and that is God. Any of you ever forget that what you're doing is not for other people primarily? It, don't get me wrong, I, I prefer a compliment to a sermon than a criticism. But at the end of the day, what we are doing is directed Godward. It's trying to please Christ and not to please others. 
And so this shift, this showing up, showing up is moving. It's moving from a position of what, have, what are you going to do for me? What am I getting out of this? It's moving from that to what is it that God is asking of me? How can I give? In the Gospel of Mark, the story of James and John, I don't know if you noticed how Mark puts it. I love how he, he says this. He says, even, Jesus says, even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve even the Son of Man. Mark knows it's like if anybody, think about that, if anybody deserved to be served, if anybody deserved to be waited on and to be revered and to be honored and to be pampered in every way possible, it would have been Jesus who was the Son of the living God. But it's Jesus who says to us, I didn't come. I'm not on this earth to be served. I'm on this earth to figure out how I can serve. And those of you that are students starting out at Western, remember that it's not about what am I going to get out of my life? What, how is this going to benefit me? You ask yourself, ask yourself, how is it that I can make some contribution to the world? to this church, to this community, to the, the world at large, that, that's showing up. That's transformation at full stretch. About uh, a few, well, back in May, we had a, a Christian formation summit here at the church across the street at Grace Place. About 35, 40 of our church leaders gathered together and we were trying to think about how is it that we can help people take the next Jesus and, 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 and make him known more in the world. And we called it a fancy name. It, it, it's Discipleship Pathway. We're trying to think about what is our discipleship pathway. And if you read my communication this week, I mentioned the discipleship pathway. And there are four words, four primary emphasis that we'll be living into in the weeks and months and years ahead. The first word is discover. We, how do we help people discover? To get started on this journey with Christ, what are we doing to discover others who don't know Christ and who don't have an affiliation with any church, who don't have a community of faith, to discover that, to then connect them? How are we connecting folks in the life of our church? How are we then, the third word is learn. How are we helping them learn? Because when we learn, we grow and our faith deepens. But the final word, the fourth word, the culmination of the discipleship pathway. This is a disciple. A disciple looks like this. And the fourth word is give. A disciple is one who has connected with Jesus' admonition to us that it is more blessed to give than to receive. When we are in a giving posture, we are connecting with the God that Paul talked about in his prayer that he mentioned a God who is a giver. What is the most beloved verse for most of us? John 3.16, For God so loved the world that He gave. And we are never more in the image and likeness of God. 
We are never more in the flow of God's love and compassion in the world. We are never more connected to the grace, the transformational grace of God than when we are giving. That's, that's showing up. So, I'll, I'll end this sermon the way I've ended the previous two. Where are you? What is your transformational lead and need in your life? Cleaning up? Growing up? Waking up? Or showing up? And I don't want you to be overly consumed by that. Where am I? How do I compare? That's part of the problem in our world. What I want you to understand is that wherever you are, this transformation is a lifelong process of growing in God's grace. And ultimately, it will be completed by God's grace for any of us in eternity. So simply, wherever you are this day, be honest with God about it. And God will help you and God will help me to take the next step that we need to take in transformation.